You're listening to Life of Revival Radio with Pastor Zachary Weber. Father, thank you for this morning. What you're already doing is so wonderful. Thank you for your anointing and your presence in this place. I pray, Lord, as your word goes forth, that, Father, it would be a seed that's planted in each heart that will produce fruit 30, 60, even 100-fold in their life. Anoint each ear to hear. Let their hearts be receptive to receive what the Spirit of God has for them this morning. And, Father, I thank you that your anointing is upon me to speak forth your word into the hearts of each person. And, Father, we thank you that your word is a foundation upon which we build our life. And when the storms come, we will not fall. So, Lord, write this word upon the pages of our heart, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. And amen. Open up your Bibles, if you would, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Lord dropped this word in my spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic. It says, As for myself, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony and evidence or mystery of the secret of God in lofty words of eloquence or human philosophy and wisdom. For I resolved to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Here's Paul, really a Pharisee of Pharisees, Highly trained and highly skilled in the scriptures. If anyone could have talked about anything in, from scripture, it was Paul. But he said, when I came to you, I just determined I'm not going to know or be conscious of anything among you except one thing, and that's Jesus Christ and him crucified. The message of, the, of Jesus contains the power of God unto salvation. And Paul said that in the book of Romans. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Everybody say this. Say, I am not ashamed, I'm not ashamed of, the gospel, of the gospel. For it is, for it is the, power of God the power of God unto salvation. That's what Paul said. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And so it's amusing to me that there are people who think that the power of God is, is, is contained in, in deep theology. And, you know, some people, they preach messages so deep, which I could go deep with you. I could go deep. We could talk about what every color represented. We could talk about, I mean, we could go into the old covenant and the types and the shadows and how that, you know, uh, pertains to us today. We could go into all of that. But I understand that the power is in the message of the gospel. Are you with me? It's actually, listen, listen to this. The simpler you can make this word, the more powerful it will be. If you can make this word so simple that a five-year-old kid can get it, it'll be even more powerful. So people think the power is in complicating the word of God. They think the power is in, uh, you know, how deep we can make it. You have to get the tape series to, of the sermon, listen to it five times to even understand what the preacher was even talking about. Who knows what, what I'm saying? But Paul said, I just determined to know Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
Someone says, well, I wanted to hear about the 27 reasons to the 38 ways to the seven steps. No, you're just going to hear about Jesus. You know, it was concerning to me starting a ministry because I know that I'm not the most eloquent person. (laughs) I'm not up here this benevolent person giving, dropping verbal flowers and revelation bombs. You know what I mean? So I thought, you know, I'm very simple in how I talk. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll talk in a lisp. You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes my, I slur my speech, and I thought, man, how can I ever be used of God to communicate the gospel? But then I realized in the book of Acts that when, the, when, when Peter and John stood before the Pharisees, they perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men, but they took knowledge of the fact that they'd been with Jesus. So to communicate and to be used by God, you don't have to be something special like some... Uh, Wordsmith, <laughs> you're a wordsmith. You know, there's a lot of men. I'm, you know, they think they're a wordsmith. You just, you just be you with the gospel. Can you say amen? amen. In verse three. And I was in, a, and I was in a state of weakness and fear and dread and trembling after I had come among you. And my language and my message were not set forth with with persuasive and enticing words of wisdom. But we're in, look at this, but we're in a demonstration of the Holy Spirit in power. Everyone say the Holy Spirit Spirit. and power. The Amplified says, a proof by the Spirit and power of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them. In verse 5 it says, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men and human philosophy, but in the power of God. Now I want to declare to you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that it is the power of God that is what will get the job done in our city. It's not human wisdom and human philosophy or, or, or eloquence of speech, lofty words, amen. It is only the power of God that is going to get the job done in our city. That's it. And so we need every member of this church filled with that power. We need every member of this church full of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. He said in the King James, my speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but a demonstration. Everybody say a demonstration. He said they were in a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. If any time in human history that we needed a demonstration of the Holy Ghost and the power of God, it's in the year 2020 where they say Wiccanism is on the rise. You want to know why? Because they're coming in contact with demon power. They're experiencing supernatural power. You were actually made for the supernatural. The Bible says you were made for signs and wonders. So if they're not getting power from the church, they're going to go to the devil's power. But God's power is greater than the power of hell. God's power is greater. We need a demonstration of power coming from every church. But not just from the pulpits and the pastors of the land. We need the power of God coming forth from every single believer. Every one of you. Hallelujah. So it says, well, that was Paul. Yeah, but what about you? What about you? No, I'm just here to hear the sermon. No, there's a job for you to do. There's something for you to do. If you're just here to hear a sermon, there's a lot of other churches within 50 miles that preach better than I do. They're very lofty words, man's wisdom. 
Everyone say demonstration. demonstration. Of, the of the Spirit. And power. He said, I came with a demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power so that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There's so many believers, their faith is standing in a man. Their faith is standing in a pastor. Their faith is standing in an evangelist or someone that's a believer that they respect. But Paul is saying that I want your faith to stand in the awesome power of God. Let me tell you something. When you encounter the power of God, your faith will no more be standing in any person. Because you'll say, I've experienced this for myself. This is real. You should really be at the place where if everyone in Coshocton stopped serving God, you'd still serve God. For me, I don't care if every church closed its doors and no one came to church on a Sunday morning, I would still serve God. Who would say that's you? You'd be the same way? <clears throat> that if everybody stopped, you would still serve God. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Why? Why can you say that? Because you've, ex you've had a moment in time in your life where, and, and who is this? That you've experienced the power of God. Who in here? You've experienced his power. You know who can say for an absolute fact, I know God's real. Yeah, because you've experienced him. You've experienced him. Hallelujah. That's why Paul said, have you experienced so much for nothing that which you've started in the spirit? Are you going to make perfect in the flesh? So there needs to be a demonstration. Everyone once again say demonstration. demonstration. So that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. So every believer, everyone under the sound of my voice, those watching online, radio, you need to be demonstrating that Jesus is alive. When Jesus rose from the dead for 30 days, the Bible said... He showed himself alive with many infallible proofs. But now the Jesus, he's resurrected. He's seated at the right hand of, of the Father. He sent unto us the Holy Spirit. Now we are the ones who show forth that Jesus is alive. With many infallible proofs. Jesus in us, the hope of glory. He lives now on the inside of us by the awesome person of the Holy Spirit. And we now are the ones who should be demonstrating that Jesus is alive. So let's talk about this demonstrating. What does it mean to demonstrate? Hallelujah. Number one, you can demonstrate that Jesus is alive through your giving. Acts 20 and verse 35. Uh, I'm not going to turn there, but we know the scripture here where Paul said, I showed you how by hard work I can take care of myself and the needs of others. Remembering the words of, of Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Did you know that God wants to use you on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday through your giving? He wants to use you to do miracles. I said it earlier, you can be somebody's raven, but let me tell you something. You could be somebody's miracle. You, God could use you to be somebody's miracle. But God will use your giving. You could be somebody's miracle. What could be so small to you could be huge to another person. Some of you, it might seem so small to just come with a bag of groceries and put it in this ministry. But it's so huge to somebody out there who has no food. It's huge. It's everything. That's their week of sustenance. Are you with me? My parents, when they uh, had first got saved before I was born, they were in a little Baptist church. And they had $2 to their name. And for them, this was back in the late 80s, early 90s, somewhere, late 80s. And uh, 
$2, I mean, that was what they had to live on. And for whatever reason, in that church service, they went up to the altar and they put those $2 on, on, the, on the altar. They said when they got home to where they were living, in front of their door, they had no food. They said they used to have to have yard sales to get a few dollars to go and get some food. They were so poor, the poor people called them poor. You know what I mean? I mean, like so poor, they had to go to KFC to lick someone else's fingers, you know? It was, it was bad, man, you know? It's bad when the cockroaches come to your house because they want to go on a 40-day fast. And uh, so they, they give that money, and then when they get home, in front of their door at where they were living, th- there were bags and bags of groceries filled with groceries. And then on their door was hanging a whole envelope full of money. Now, God used somebody to go and prove Jesus, this, he's real. There's another story of a man that I know of. He went to KFC here in, uh, here in Coshocton. And he was with another man, and, and they just thought that they would do this. They left the debit card there, they said that, and they told the cashier, the next person that comes through uh, after us, uh, use our debit card, buy their meal, and just tell them that Jesus loves them. And so they go, and they get their seat, and they're watching you know, the, the cash register because they want to see who's going to come in and what's going to happen. So Now, this is in Coshocton, so they're just sitting there. And this lady walks in, and she looks at the screen, and she orders her meal, and then when she goes to pay for it, the lady scans the debit card and said, your meal's taken care of. Jesus loves you, the cashier. The lady breaks down and starts weeping and crying. And, you know, the, the cashier doesn't know what's going on. She's like, well, it's okay, it's okay. She said, no, you don't understand. When I walked out of my house today, she said, I've been having all these doubts if God is real. She said, but I walked out of my house today and I said, God, if you're real, show me. And then she goes to KFC, and Jesus paid for her meal. And then someone told, Jesus loves you. Come on. Jesus bought her KFC. You don't understand that God using you and giving can be somebody's breakthrough. It can be somebody's miracle. You releasing a car to somebody could be what they have been crying out for. And it demonstrates that Jesus is alive. He hears from heaven. He uses men and he answers prayer. Amen. So you need to, what am I saying? You must yield to the Holy Ghost. You must yield. When the Lord says, give this, you must do it. Amen. Yield. There, there are some of us that we have things in our house that have sat there for three years untouched, unused, that somebody's praying for and crying out for. I mean, it's just a fact. Amen. That there are things that sit in our closet that somebody else needs or is praying for or asking for. So we can demonstrate that Jesus is alive through our giving. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? I don't know about you. I want to demonstrate that. you you got to understand, I actually sit around... I actually pray. I said, I said, Lord, put, the, put people in my path who I can bless in this way. And then he sends those people to me, and I bless them, and then that, that's, that is what it is. Why? Because that's the way we demonstrate he's alive. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Number one, we demonstrate that he's alive through our giving. Number two, we dem- you know, even giving to evangelists, the gospel crusade, giving to that. We are going to really demonstrate Jesus is alive on that field. There will be no doubt. That field will be electric. Amen. When you walk onto that field, you're going to feel the power of God. That on that field, I'm telling you right now, devils are going to come out of people. Amen. People are going to walk on the field, boom, and get totally delivered and set free. It's going to be epic. 
We've had that before at the church. Someone literally walked in with a demon, hit the ground, and the devil came out of them. They didn't even get time to get into the sanctuary to get hands laid on them and oil, nothing. They walked in the church. Boom! And the power of God hit them, and the demon left them. Come on. So our giving can be used to demonstrate he's alive. Number two, we demonstrate that he is alive through our, our voice. Hallelujah. It says in Mark uh, actually, just, just, just turn there. Mark 16. Is this okay? You getting something? Mark 16. We demonstrate he's alive through our voice. Mark 16 and verse 15. And Jesus said unto them, Go ye. Two-thirds of God's name is go. G-O. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Whether you like it or not or realize it or not, you are a preacher. You're going to proclaim something. To preaching means to proclaim. Go preach the gospel to every creature. Someone says, well, you know, what do you mean? Like, I have to get a pulpit? No, you can be on the street. You know, you, you could be in, in, a, in, a, in a grocery store and start preaching to somebody. You, you could be in a, in a restaurant and start telling somebody about Jesus. It just means to proclaim Jesus. Amen. And we do that by any means necessary. It says, go preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs follow them that believe. We can go through all the signs. And in verse 20, it says, the Lord work with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So God wants to use your voice. In Acts chapter 2, go over there. Acts 2. But it says in verse 14, Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said, You men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, hearken unto my words. These are not drunk as you suppose, seeing as it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that spoken by the prophet Joel that shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Verse 17. And look at this. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. And then in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 5, you don't have to turn there, but Paul said, I would that you all prophesy. The word prophecy means to bubble forth. It means to spring forth. It, the word, what, what prophecy is, is you just begin to speak by the Holy Ghost what the, whatever the Lord is saying. Come on, let, let me give you an example. Everyone's done this. If you're in here, I'll show you how you've done this before. You know, maybe... Well, you have if you've been saved for any amount of time. Amen. Unless you're backslidden, we'll have you come up here. We'll have you give your life to the Lord. Who's ever done this? You've been talking to somebody about God, and suddenly all these scriptures start flowing out of you. Who's ever done that? And it's like you don't even remember memorizing those scriptures. And things for that person just start flowing out of you for that person. And you're like, where did that even come from? And you just know that you know, man, this is coming from God, the Holy Ghost. Well, Jesus said in the book of Luke that you won't even have to think about what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. We can demonstrate the power of God. We can demonstrate the Holy Spirit by our giving, but also through our voice. God wants to use your voice. But how can God use your voice if you are always yielding it over to the devil? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. We need to not speak out of here most of the time and speak out of here. You know what I'm saying by that? Not out of your, you know, because you can, your mind can think all kinds of stupid stuff. Jesus said, take no thought saying. Thoughts of doubt, thoughts of fear, thoughts of offense, thoughts of whatever. You don't want that to come out of your mouth. 
You want the Holy Spirit to grab a hold of your tongue. I don't know about you. I want God to use my voice. If life and death are in the power of the tongue, then by the Spirit of God, I want to speak life over everything and everywhere that I go. Can you say amen? amen. Come on, we need to demonstrate. Yes. Amen. You do that with your voice. You, you, you speak. Now, now look at this. James says we can pray for wisdom if we lack. Whoever prays for wisdom. I must, my angel must think I'm a total idiot because I'm praying for wisdom all the time. God, give me wisdom. Oh, my goodness, I feel this is, oh, geez. Give me wisdom, Lord. You know, but, but look, God wants to use your voice. He wants to use you to speak into situations. He wants to use you. What if the Lord gives you the answer to a problem for somebody else or for like a businessman or a politician? You know, I know somebody who's very close with this lady in South Africa. She, she was a, uh, she is a, like a prophet. One day she was praying and the Lord gave her a phone number. And the Lord said, call this number. And so she said, okay. And she calls the number, dials it. And she, this guy answers it. And he said, who is this and how did you get this number? And she told him who he was. And she said, I was praying. The Lord gave me this number to call. He said, do you know who you're speaking to? She said, no, I just know I was to call this number and to tell this to you. It ended up, it was like one of the prime ministers over, or something over it, like this head president dude over in, in Africa. And the Lord gave her his number. He said, this is a private line that only other world leaders has. This line only other world leaders has. Well, I know a world leader. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And she called and she gave him the word of the Lord. Come on. So the Lord can, can use your mouth to speak in the world situations, in the world leaders, to the political realm. He could give you the answer for somebody else. He, Paul said, I would that you all prophesy. Hallelujah. Jesus told us in the book of Mark chapter 16 to speak under the mountain. You want to be used to demonstrate the power of God? Let God use you to speak to mountains. Don't pray about the mountain, tweet about the mountain, complain about the mountain. You can speak unto mountains. Be thou removed and cast into the sea. And if you believe, you don't doubt. Boom, you can see mountains. I think I'm in a church full of mountain movers. Are you with me? Water walkers. So God wants to use your voice to, to demonstrate, hallelujah, that the, 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 the he's alive, the Holy Ghost, and, and power, hallelujah. Number three, God wants to use your giving. He wants to use your voice. He wants to use your hands. In the book of Mark chapter 16, now look at this. Jesus said you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This whole thing with, with COVID that's been going on, it's been an attack against the body because they said that we can't lay hands on people anymore. Well, I got news for you. We're going to lay hands on people. It's against our religious beliefs to not lay hands on people. Amen. It's just going to happen. Glory to God. I'm sorry, Mr. Devil. You're not going to stop us from laying hands on the sick. Amen? Doesn't it say lay hands on the sick, you know, but maintain a six-foot distance. You can't do that. You got to get in their personal space. You're going to breathe on them. You're going to be, it's just is what it is. Amen? It's amazing to me how as long as you're breaking into a Best Buy and stealing a plasma TV you're, and rioting on the streets, you're not spreading any sickness or disease. You know what I mean? But apparently, if you're the church, you're going to kill everybody. Yes. God wants to use your hands. Amen. 
Do you see this? God wants to use your voice. God wants to use your hands. You need to allow God to raise you up and use you. Amen. To demonstrate that, that he's alive. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. This is fun. In your Bibles, in the book of Acts, chapter 19, in, the, in verse, verse 11, it says, And God did unusual and extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So I believe that there are some hands in this room God's going to use for miracles. Say this with me. Say, God wants to use my hands. I will lay these hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. God did unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. There are hands in this building right now that God will use for miracles. Miracles. To work miracles. Hallelujah. God will use your hands to heal the sick. God will use your hands to work miracles. God will use your hands in Luke 24 and verse 50. It says that Jesus laid his hands on the people and he blessed them. So you can impart blessing through the laying on of hands. Paul told Timothy, stir up that inner fire that's in you through the means of the laying on of my hands. The, you know, obviously if you're a church, you don't believe in the laying on of hands. This doesn't affect you at all. We believe the Bible. We believe. Who believes in the laying on of hands? Impartation happens. Healing power is released. Miracle power is released through the laying on of hands. You can just sit at the sidelines and watch God use other people. Or you can be somebody that says, God, use my voice. Use my hands. I want to be involved in what you are doing. God will use them. God will use your hands. We would love for you to join us at the River Church this morning at 10 a.m. For additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.therivercoshocton.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash the River Hey, this is Pastor Zachary Weber. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast this morning. I pray it blessed you in some way. Just before we go off the air, I have a very important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? You know, the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of those sins is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're a whosoever. So I want to pray this quick prayer over you. Father, bless every person listening with a long and a healthy life. Jesus, make yourself real to them and do a work in their heart. And if they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do so right now. Friend, as you're listening, if you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ today and receive the gift that God has for you, the free gift of salvation, I want you to pray this quick prayer with me with your heart and your lips out loud. Just say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me and set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe you've risen from the dead 
and you're coming back again for me. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Come into my heart right now. Now just declare this, say, I am saved. I'm forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Now, Father, I pray over every single person who prayed that prayer. Seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day, let not one person be missing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to get a hold of us and let us know. You can go to theriverkashocton.com under the contact section. You can let us know that you prayed that prayer. It's so important that you tell people that you made a decision for Jesus today. It's also important to get involved in a local church. You can join us this morning at The River Church. Our service begins at 10 a.m. We're located at 51 Pine Street right here in Coshocton, Ohio. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, 8.30 a.m., right here on Life of Revival. God bless you.